will AI be more impactful than mobile? In my mind, we just can't comprehend where this is going to end up. There's no app for ChatGPT yet. Welcome to another episode of Dental Riffs. I'm your host, Gary Bird. I am the founder of SMC National, where we help you create, convert, and close more new patients. I am Tanner Applegate, CEO and founder of Unified Dental. We are a SaaS product that helps you organize all the different tools you use in dental. All right, so we got a couple of cool topics today. Um, you have a really good one around project management. And I wanted to first dive into something around ChatGPT uh, that I have about mobile and ChatGPT. But first, you said ChatGPT got banned in Italy? Did, yeah. And it's not one of those like they're looking at banning it. It's like it's officially banned right now. I don't know if it's temporary or if it's long term, but they're citing the concerns of how much personal data is being fed to the company in order to be able to train these machine learning algorithms, right? So I thought it was interesting the fact that a country is actually taking the step to ban it, right? And now they're citing that other European countries are also looking into it as well. Yeah, that's very interesting. Do they not realize how social media works and stuff? Like, what about all those other apps that are taking data, even more data than ChatGPT is? Oh, totally. Yeah, so like, it's not even close. Like, I, uh-huh. if I was to break it down, when you are on social media, it literally tracks all of your other apps that you're on, oh, yeah. where you're spending money, where you're spending time, and then feeds it back into the social media platforms to serve you ads and things like that. Not like, even social media. It's just like basic internet stuff. Yeah. Like, don't go and Google anything because you're feeding information to Google of what you're thinking about. That's fascinating. I wonder if that's what the member we were talking about, the Microsoft, how all the congressmen dumped all their Microsoft shares at the same time. I'm wondering... I'm wondering if this is tied into it because nothing's really come in America yet, but this would be enough to impact that. And and you know what else is interesting is like this kind of ties into the TikTok ban that they've been talking right. about. India, I actually had somebody message today. I, I said, should they ban TikTok on, on LinkedIn? And this guy from India was like, they've banned it over here. It's been banned for a long time. We're fine. And, <laughs> and uh, I thought that was fascinating that, you know, India has j- just said, no, we're not going to have it here. And it has always, I felt like, though, had its own kind of like social media world. Uh, right? Like they've always had their own unique apps that may not be international. And they've got a big enough country, too, that you get one thing going in India. You've got a great like financial opportunity there. Yeah. It's so I think it makes sense, though, too, that sure, they're fine without it because they probably have another India specific app. Did you know I'm going to India in a couple of weeks? Sorry to disrupt the show, but I got something crazy to share with you. We are attempting to connect with all of our listeners. We have thousands of people that listen to this podcast, and we want to meet you in person. We have four events coming up, and I want to give you a discount code that you can use for the next week to save $300 off your ticket. The discount code is Gary Bird, and the link is going to be just down below. You can also go to smcnational.com forward slash events. I hope to connect with you in person and help each other grow our businesses. Can't wait to see you soon. No way. You are for vacation am, or for yeah. work? No, for work. I'm going out there to meet with uh, some potential developers and such. So I'm going to go spend a couple weeks out in India. So, okay. So that's really cool. So I actually, we work with a dentist who has two practices here in the States. And I think he has three or four. He has like a group out there, DSO out there in but, India as well. So I would love, I'm, let's connect about that. And, and I would love to yeah. know, 
what are your guys, is, is any of our listeners, are you guys globally into dentistry? Is anybody globally into dentistry? Because it's fascinating when you move into these other markets because they're way behind where America is. There's so much opportunity. It's, it's, it's neat. What, so what exactly are you doing out there? You're just helping them form, set up some practices out there? So I have a friend that's from out there. He invited me to come with him, said he'd show me his company and kind of uh, give me an introduction on how to run a tech company, which will be really helpful. And then he said he'd be willing to introduce me kind of into the developer scene there so I can interview and hopefully potentially hire a handful of developers for our, our Unify. Oh, so it's more for you than for dental per se? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. really cool. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so I got a, I got another one that I want to talk to you about. Um, so I heard this topic on another podcast. Will AI be more impactful than mobile? So let me kind of frame this story. Remember when we were all just using desktops and pretty much Steve Jobs' vision, Apple's vision was we want a computer on every desk, right? And that at the time seemed like a huge goal. But eventually it was fulfilled and every, every desk had a computer. But then mobile came out. And when mobile came out, that's what absolutely changed everything. And it was, it was very impactful because all of a sudden we went from having Facebook on our desktop to having Facebook on our phone. And then it started interacting with where we were traveling and what we were doing. And you could put updates and it could also track you and do different things to be able to serve you different information. And then once all the apps started coming out, it revolutionized how we viewed the internet and how we use the internet as well. It totally transformed it. And it pretty much touched almost every single vertical. There was almost nothing that it didn't touch. Just for our audience, so they understand what's coming with AI, a lot of people think, and I think as well, AI will be more intrusive and touch more markets and segments of markets than, than mobile did. It'll touch more than mobile did, and it's going to have a bigger impact than mobile did. What do you think about that? Do you think, do you agree with that, disagree with that? I, I like, so one of the things that came to my mind as you're saying that for people that don't know me, I'm a movie buff. Like I love movies, tracking movies. I got this app that I literally go in and like will mark every movie that I've watched and I have like a running list of like movies that I want to watch. And as you're sitting there talking about like, hey, there was this vision of like a computer at every desk and like, what does the future look like? It totally made me think of like Back to the Future, right? So that movie was released in 85. And one of the things that made me laugh was like, he's like, oh yeah, we have one in every room. Like when he goes back into the past, right? And she, and they laugh like, no one has a TV in every room. We're like, oh, okay. Well now like we literally have a TV in like everything like Pocket. on our watches. Like in every, TV, yeah, right? yeah, yep. And, and what was made me laugh even more is when he goes into the future, they obviously had to like guess what it was going to be in the future. And it was like, I think he ends up going into like 2000. 15 or something right so it's now in the past but their future was flying cars flying hoverboards and all these things but you still had to go into a house and connect into a physical phone line in order to make a video call mm-hmm. right? like they're they couldn't even conceptualize this idea of like a walking around with this kind of technology yeah right so it's fascinating to me to see how back then like it wasn't even something that even sci-fi considered to have mobile technology now with us everywhere so Taking that and now saying AI is going to be even more revolutionary than that, I think that we're it, it back to the, to the future writers in 1985. We have no idea what this is actually going to do to our society, right? Like the potential here, like, sure, we can play it out and be like, oh, it's going to have problems here, here, and here. Like, great. 
But the reality is, is like, I guarantee when it comes down to it, we, we're going to be guessing that you have to go in and make a video call yeah. on a landline because 100%. that's the kind of thing that we just can't comprehend. So is it, do you, what's your prediction? Is it going to be bigger than the mobile impact then or no? Oh, yes. Okay. I agree. Cool. Okay. So, so if, so a lot of people hear this, right? Cause I know like 90% of people still don't do anything with AI. They don't, they don't, they don't use it. They don't, you know, they're, they're not interested in it. That has to change. Like it's going to change and it's going to start to touch every part of business, every task that you do. And it's already starting. So a lot of the products out there that we use every day has AI built into them now. And ChatGPT has huh? been really smart. They did open it. They did an open uh, API where it's just like, cool, you want to use this? And it's so cheap, Tanner. It's uh-huh. so cheap and it's so powerful. So you can, there's whole teams that are being eliminated just with just one API and a couple hundred dollars a month. Yep. No, it's true. And I think that the reality too, like the impact that we have so far is very minuscule compared to what's happening. Like if you think about like how technology evolves, there's the core capabilities that have to evolve first. And then there's the UI of like how it actually changes how people interact with their lives. We're barely getting into where the core capabilities are changing our lives, let alone what are the use cases that we're going to get out of this? Yeah. Right. Like I'm, I'm following very actively the core capabilities of certain types of language models because I want to utilize it in Unify. Right. Like I'm ahead of the fact that like, I don't have the backend infrastructure. I don't have the hundreds of millions of dollars to create these models, but there are specific types of models that I'm paying attention to that I want them to be developed. So that way I can go and plug it into my use case. And I think that the use cases that we're seeing of it, we're barely even touching it. Agreed. I totally agree. Yeah. It's like, I'll give you an example. There's no app for ChatGPT yet, right? Like there's people who are building them that are using ChatGPT, but ChatGPT, you still have to use a web browser on your phone. Because they're just like, whenever we're building the technology, we don't really care if it's easier not to use or if it's a little clunky, whatever. Um, so we're still at the very much at the infant stages. But I think where it's really going to hit the masses is when AI starts to get worked into every single product that we're using. So and, and then when that AI becomes personal, meaning where it knows when just like the Internet became personal. So when we had mobile what happened was is the internet became a lot more personal because they knew where to serve our ads. They know when to serve our ads. They know when we're working out. They know what our heart rate is, all these different things. So now it, the internet became much more useful to us. AI is going to do the same thing where it's going to be built into everything that we're using. And then it's going to know how to help us more consistently. So like using ChatGPT personally, I like it because I can hop back into old threads and begin to ask additional questions on top of those old threads. And it knows what I'm talking about because it has context. And so imagine just one AI system that's tied to Tanner or tied to Gary. And it knows that trip that you took last year that you really liked it and that, and what you didn't like about it. And the next time it plans a trip, it improves it for you. That that's, that's where it's going to head. And that's really exciting to me. No, for sure. I I, I do agree that personalization is one thing that for sure is happening. I just, I really still think that in my mind, we just can't comprehend where this is going to end up. I do think that AI is a buzzword right now that it will disappear and it won't be like, hey, we use this AI tool all of a sudden, right? Like it'll be like, hey, we use this new technology that completely changed my life. Like, sure, you'll know that it's AI powering it, but it won't be AI that is 
what's yeah. talked about all the well, time. Well, like Elon's robots are a perfect example. He has robots that are building robots that are going to be personal robots that were, you know, that build cars, but then eventually come into your house and, and live and work in your house that cleans your dishes, vacuums, does your laundry. Like that's, that's one way that a personalized AI bot literally physically living in your house and it protects your house. It does all kinds of things, right? Like that's coming, that's going to happen. Yeah. And the the thing that's so crazy though, to me, I, I, I'm all on board with this technology, but what I'm having a hard time being is the rate of all this change. Like I am in a position right now where I have this time and freedom to be able to do a lot of research. And I also have the motivation because it financially can play into kind of my company. And so sure, I, I'm able to be incentivized to pay attention to it. But if I were running a DSO like I was in the past, there are so many things happening in my life that I couldn't keep up with it the way that I am right now. Right. And so the rate yep. that change of what I was missing out on would completely like obliterate my feeling of like, I'm comfortable, I'm technologically savvy, et cetera. And I just like, that just kind of really blows my mind. I'm having a hard time keeping up with it right now. And I'm able to spend. I, I feel like, yeah, no, I feel like I'm constantly working on it. I'm co- I try to integrate it into every meeting, everything that I'm doing, but I feel like I'm drowning in it because every time that I'm like, okay, I kind of feel good about this. It's like, oh, version five or, oh, here, use this product now that it makes it this much better. I, I feel the same way. It's, it's moving so fast. And we're still, again, to your point, we're at the very, 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 very beginning of this from a consumer standpoint. Very one of our the, People aren't even... One of our early uh, podcasts, we were talking about how TikTok has changed way people work because like you can have a completely like 100% laughing video. And then the next one, you're just, like absolutely crying. And the next one, like you're laughing. Like, like humans aren't supposed to go through those type or depth of emotions as quickly as TikTok now allows us to be able to do so. And so I'm wondering too, like, I'm curious for you, Gary, do you feel like this type of change is something that humans are capable of keeping up with? I mean, someone's going to figure out how to help humans stay on top of it. So like using your example before that you were working in a DSO, you wouldn't have time to do all this research and use all these things. What, what will happen is, is someone will n- notice that, like, look, there's all these business people out there. They're not using this technology. Why aren't they using it? There's too much friction. And then someone's going to develop something to make it easier for you to be able to use it. The same thing happened with the internet. The same thing happened with social media. The same thing happened with these other technologies, whether it's the phone, you go all the way back as technology started to come out, even cars, there was, there's a curve that, that happens for, with adoption. And so I, I, I don't know if people are going to be able to keep up with what we have right now because it's kind of scattered everywhere, but people are going to develop things like a Google, like a, like a, uh, a Facebook, like a cell phone, like Apple did. That's going to make it consumable for people to be able to use. That's, that, that's what I would I don't, you, your examples, I don't know if I would say that those are apples to apples because this is what I think okay. is so different. Like cars, you get a new car type every year. Right. And, and really, you really kind of get a new car type every like eight years when they do a refresh of that model, et cetera. Like they'll do minor changes every year, but reality is like cars are not rapidly changing, right? Phones, no. how many phone, like how, how much time did it take for you to get a texting phone before you finally got like an iPhone? All right. Those were yeah. years. So that's not, 
Yeah, that's not what. It, that's another example that I would use. So the example I would use, Tanner, is that you are riding a horse. You go to your blacksmith to get their shoes changed. You have somebody who feeds the horse, takes care of the horse, and then a car comes out. And now you're not transitioning from car to car. You're transitioning from horse to car, which is a big time jump because you're like, no, that's way harder. Where am I going to get the tires changed? I don't have a tire shop. Where am I going to get gas for it? There's no gas stations. Where am I going to get repairs? There's no repairman. It's easier for me to keep that horse. That transition from horse to car was a huge jump. But car to car is not as big of a jump because the, the, the infrastructure is already there. My point is, is that there's no infrastructure right. there's for, for the AI yet. That's what has to be created still. And when that infrastructure gets created, that's when it will take off. I think, though, my argument is that the infrastructure exists. It is the cell phones. It is the computer, right? The applications themselves need to be created. But the infrastructure, like the physical infrastructure, which I think is the limiting factor of development in all these other verticals, uh-huh. that is there, right? Like if somebody came out with an amazing app that would be able to utilize ChatGPT to its fullest, like it could be developed and released tomorrow. And all of a sudden, everyone on the phone has the capability of being able to utilize it. So maybe I'm using the wrong word with infrastructure, but I don't think I am. I think there's just some nuances here. So my going back to my horse and car example, it wasn't that there weren't roads for the cars to use. It was that right. the roads were all carved out and all bumpy to use. It was not a comfortable ride to go from horse to car because the, the roads were not made for cars. And again, there was no gas stations. There was no auto mechanics. Those things weren't there yet. That it, You could use a car, but it just wasn't as comfortable. Once guess- the roads... I guess the, the, the difference in this change or development life cycle that I haven't explicitly stated yet is that I feel like this is faster than anything else we've ever experienced in humanity. Yeah. And because it's faster, that's where I wonder, is this something that humans can, like with the biological brain of being able to process things, yeah. right? You talk about the adoption curve. I think about adoption curve, like, okay, we release this. And then within a matter of like a month later, we 10x or 100x the capacity of that. So like yeah. we just barely started getting on the adoption curve. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, no, no, let's start back over now. Here's a new adoption curve. And then like, who knows what will happen in the next month or two? Like, so are we going to be able to keep up with this rate of change that's happening? And I think that it's at the, if you look at like the S curve of innovation, we're at that very early stage where it's exponentially taking off. And as it starts getting more and more adapted, I do think that it will level off. We don't, we can't keep up with this rate of change forever. I don't think humans can physically, mentally keep up with it. If you put the right skin on it though, right, Tanner? So if I came to you and I came to your house and you and your wife were there and I said, hey guys, I got a new product. It's going to wash dishes and fold laundry for you. It's $5,000. You'll never have to do laundry and never have to do dishes again. It's like, that's amazing. How, How many can I buy? Right? Like, that's, that's, that's so much time saving and energy saving and all those kind of things. Like it, it's how you skin it. And that's the part that hasn't been done very well yet. It's very rudimentary right now of all the interfaces and all the everything. It's, it, you can just tell it's, you have to really try to use it. But once it becomes simpler to use and where it's doing it for you, it'll become second nature, just like our cell phones in our pockets, where now I'm walking around with more computing power in my pocket than the guys that flew to the moon had in their rocket ship, right? Like I have more computing power, GPS, internet, phone, like any kind of app for anything that I want to track. 
it's all here now. And it, and I don't have to like feel like I'm running on a treadmill trying to catch up. It's all kind of there for me right now with the AI. It's so scattered approach. That's the feeling I think we're filling. But somebody, again, I think someone's going to harness that and catch the wind and say, how do I take this AI and give it to people so they can consume it? And then it continues to get better and better. Now, next, it's going to fix my car. It's going to fix my garage. It's going to, you know, whatever, whatever. It's going to carry me to the store if my car isn't working properly. You know what I mean? Like, what, like it's endless, all the things that it could do for us, I I, I think. that's No, I, I, and I agree. And that's why I, I, I think, I don't know. I just get so excited about <laughs> where we are on the precipice of everything that's happening that it's just like... I don't, I don't want to miss it, right? I don't want to come back in like five years and look back on it and be like, man, I really sat around during that period and could have had a lot of opportunities that I could have created, but I didn't. I just sat there and watched. Yeah, I think, yeah, I hear you, especially at the stage you're at right now uh, in your business, right? You're at this, like, at this, you're like, I'm going to launch a business and then AI comes out. It's like, oh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a tricky, it would be like launching a, uh, again, launching a horse business. Uh, to sell horses to everybody as just as the cars are starting to come out and everybody's starting to fully adopt them. Just, it's like, I learned how to, to breed a really cool horse. <laughs> you want to buy my horses over everyone else's because it's an excellent breed. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, oh, I might need to pivot a little bit. So um, I know, and I know you're doing that. You're going to, you're going to crush. All right. Do you want to talk about uh, the difference between project management and uh, change management? Change management. So this is one of those things that I've been going down a rabbit hole recently because I'm, I consult for companies. And so I have to use the title that I'm a consultant, right? And I hate using that title because when I think about consultants, I think about these, like the, the big four giant elite consulting organizations in the world, right? McKinsey's, et cetera. And as I think about my conversations that I have with people in dental, no one in dental truly understands the difference between like what a dental consultant does versus like what these elite consultant organizations do. So I was going down a rabbit hole on Chad GPT because where else do you go around rabbit hole these days? And I, one of the things that Chat GPT taught me about the differences between them was that they manage change management and project management, right? You and I both have, thanks to our good friend, uh, Jody Evans, really kind of been enlightened to project management and its benefits within the organization. And I've always kind of understood the term change management, but when ChatGPT presented it to me as two distinct different types of skills, I went down even more of a rabbit hole with them. So I wanted to kind of just talk through my understanding or the differences of them. And maybe this is my ignorance where everyone else understands it. I just didn't. When you think about change management and project management, what do you... What do you think about, how would you define yeah. first? Let's start with project management. Yeah. So I think the way I would think of it is like project management is a, like I think of a project manager, right? That's going to be managing projects from a simple standpoint. And then change management is like a function underneath that of how you manage the change, you pr how you project manage change. If you ask me cold turkey, that's the answer I'd give. But then now I just looked it up in chat GPT. So <laughs> great. Now we cheated. Um, but yeah, so that's, that, that really is it. Like change management has to do with the human element of it. And project management has to do more with like the budgets, the outcomes, the timelines, et cetera. And so project, like you're right, change management would be a step in project management, right? I'm going to go and build out this completely new division. And part of it is going to be, I have to teach people how to now interact with this new division within my DSO. 
right? And so change management as an aspect of it. But I think that where I really kind of had that aha moment um, is that change management is taking the people and saying, this is how we used to do things and here's how we're now going to do things, right? And so change management is really like, hey, I've got this new program. You guys used to send out text this way, but now you have to send out text this way. Like that's really where a lot of these DSOs fall flat is going in and doing the change management required as they implement these new partners with vendors, et cetera. So even like an organization like yours, I think back with Underbyte, when we started using SMC, we didn't do the change management required to train our office managers of like, hey, whenever you guys want to do a new special, you need to interact with SMC in this way, or you need to interact with our team, internal team in this way, right? Like we didn't do the training. We didn't do the tra- teaching of like what the old process is and what the new process is. So to yeah. me, that was kind of the aha moment of like, oh man, I, I think that this needs to be educated more in the DSO space. Totally. And especially as I roll out like new technology now with them. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, you can't have change management without project management, right? So you have to have project management first before you have change management. I, I think that you can have, I think that you can exist without project management, but you can't exist without change management. The reason hey. why is like, if you were to go and start up a whole new department, right? Like when we centralized our revenue cycle management, to me, that was project management, right? We had a timeline, we had outcomes, et cetera. But when we just said, hey, we want to get better at, I don't know, we want to get better at our patients coming into our office and not canceling. Patient journey, right? like, yeah. We already had an existing process. It wasn't like we went and built out a brand new one, which would be project management. We took that and we just changed it. And then we had to teach people what the new one looked like. Got it. Interesting. I just typed it in. I'm going to do some research on this. This is really cool. I, I, yeah. love, I love how deep in the weeds you get on this stuff. Yeah, I don't know. It's fascinating. Hopefully it helps people too, because I think that if you go in and figure out or teach your t- teams on how you can do change management more effectively, that is one of the biggest missing pieces in dentistry right now. Dental, yeah. Especially yep. in the acquisition model. Yes, because the thing that I think people always miss is like, you have this DSO up here and it's easy to kind of visualize that everything's centralized here, but then you have 20 offices underneath you everybody's going to receive it differently. Like one office might love it, one might hate it. Like, how do you manage that? And that's that's definitely where people get stuck 100%. Yeah. It's fascinating. I don't know. Awesome, man. This is good. Yep. All right. I think we solved all the problems for today. You have a good one. All right. See you, man.